Welcome back to Call Me By Your Game, the podcast where I, your host, Connor McCabe, bring on a guest to hear from them about a meaningful video game from their past. On the show, we hear as much about what made playing that game fun and special and what our guests might remember about it as we will about the context of when they had this moment with it or multiple moments Part of the fun of the show is I don't know what that's going to be yet. A little bit of housekeeping up top is that if you enjoy the show or you're tuning in now and you've already decided you like me, uh, there's a few ways you can support us. Uh, The first and most uh, impactful way you can do that is by checking us out at patreon.com. We're at patreon.com slash super NPC radio. And there um, you can, if you subscribe to our network at a few tiers, you get a ton of bonus video game content and podcasts, not just from me, but from the creators of Video Games, a comedy show, the reactivators inside video games with July, a ton of stuff. And we're wrapping up our year at the network now. So we've got some great stuff coming to you including um, a monthly version of this show that I am about to release episode 30 of, the co-op episodes where I'm going to be discussing God of War Ragnarok with uh, with three good friends. Um, again, patreon.com slash superNPCradio. Um, I will plug it at the end again. Uh, you can also share the show with a friend, whether they love video games in general or the game that our guest has brought on to discuss today. Uh, you can also... Leave us a rating and review wherever you listen to us uh, on whatever podcatcher. Uh, If you do this on Apple Podcasts, that's the only place I can see a review. Uh, And so if you do that, I will read it on the show. And then uh, if it's anywhere else, feel free to reach out to me uh, on social media and I'd be happy to shout you out because those uh, do really go a long way for us to have more people listen. Uh, And then lastly, we're all over social media. We're on Instagram at callmebyyourgamepod and then we're on Twitter at call me by your game, but there's just one Y in the Twitter uh, username, so that's B Y O U R. All of this and everything else we are going to be, uh, we'll might plug today, including stuff from our guest, will be in the show notes. You can just click a link, so just go there wherever you're listening, and it'll be there. But that'll do it for all of the housekeeping on this episode of the show, and we'll finally introduce our guest. So please welcome to the microphone, Sean Bag. Hi, how you doing? Thanks for having me. I'm doing so gosh darn well. Uh, both of us just so comfy, cozy on this uh, this lovely cozy. December recording. Um, your the listeners can't see, and oh, I sure <laughs> wish they could. But it looks like you got just a nice warm jacket on. Oh, that's right. You know, it's flea season, so I had to get ready for that. Fully it is flea season. Yeah. Not a lot of people call. Not enough people call it flea season. <laughs> that's but they right. Really should. Yeah, uh, it's actually like kind of hot, and I'll probably take it off in a little bit. Yes. <laughs> But I had, I had to. I had to start off with the cozy moment. Of course, uh, you know, as we get the the blood flowing, the the juices, the emotions fly in yeah. this episode. Well, <laughs> yeah. that is just going to happen for both of us, and the listener will not be privy to it. Um, Sean, I'm really excited to have you on the show. Uh, I know you like the majority of the guests who uh, appear on Call Me By Your Game. I know you through the Los Angeles uh, comedy community. Um, I specifically uh, know you through our mutual friend Sauger, who I was on my first ever indie team with, who I actually got to see in person for the first time in a long time recently. Uh, surprised me uh, and the group of us at our at this birthday celebration we did. So it was so good to see him, but that's how I know you. You are a really funny uh, sketch comedian. You do stand up. You do characters. You do it all. Uh, but what do you want to share about yourself, and what? How can the listeners support you and keep an eye out for your stuff? Yeah, I mean, uh, for my stuff, I guess just follow me on social media. That's where I'm going to be posting any new things. My Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, uh, Notorious B A I G is where you can find me. Uh, TikTok, uh, I believe it was taken. Some oh no. I don't even know who has it, but uh, yeah, I need to like copyright it somehow. But uh, somebody, <laughs> somebody took Notorious B.A.I.G. I'm livid. And if uh, you're and- listening right now, whoever <laughs> stole that, yeah. give it back. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, it's uh, uh, at Sean underscore Big. So yeah, pretty easy. Gorgeous. To find. Yeah. Um. Uh. Sweet. Uh. But yeah, that that's how I know you. Um, I, you're on a, a mod sketch team at UCB and I got to see your first show. It was just so funny. Um, thanks man. Yeah, of course. Is there, uh, anything about yourself that you want to share with the listener or that like to paint this picture of who this, uh, 
man of mystery is. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm uh, like he said, comedian, actor in L.A. Uh, I'm also uh, a dentist uh, during the daytime. That's my secret identity. And secret uh, identistry. No, it that's work. right. No, I'm nailed sorry it. For trying. Nailed it. You got it. <laughs> and uh, yeah, you know, you had to make the parents happy. And so, uh, yeah, that's what I do during the day and then sneak away and do comedy at night and on weekends. Um, so, uh, it, you know, Batman yeah. wishes he had this uh, that's right. double, this double identity. That <laughs> yeah. Dentist exactly. by day, comedian by night. Right. Um, uh, that's. That's so fantastic. Uh, but sorry, I sort of felt like I interrupted you there. No, no, not at all. Um, yeah, that's really all you need to know. Um, uh, uh, Former guess, podcast host as well. That's right. Yeah. I mean, Sager I don't think and you, I did, had a You didn't podcast officially together. end the show, right? But it's. We did. Just, we did. You yeah. did. Okay, cool. Yeah, we ended it uh, almost exactly two years ago, like right in the middle of the pandemic. Wow. Sagar and I had our finale. Oh. And it was like. Before the vaccine, and uh, yes, we probably shouldn't have recorded it in the same room together, <laughs> but <laughs> it was super dangerous to do that. But we were like, you know what, uh, it'd be wrong if we were not in the same room. And our, yeah. our guest was Hasan Minaj, so we were like, okay, we need to sit together and do this, um, totally. But yeah, no, it was a blast. It was the Bollywood Boys podcast, uh, all the episodes are still up, you can still check them out. Um, yeah, that was like my, uh, only experience, uh, doing a podcast, but yeah, it was, a, it was a lot of fun. Um, I like when I, I think when I met Sagar and we started our team together, I don't know if you were already doing it, but it was cause this was back in like 2016, but right. that was something that I remember he was always doing and would mention his friend, Sean. And before I actually got to meet you, that was like, I was like, Oh, this podcast host. And yeah. here you are, uh, as a <laughs> podcast guest. Yeah. Um, and so, wow, my, how the turntables have done their thing. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's right. well, Sean, uh, again, thanks so, so much for being here. Uh, anything you plugged, uh, like I said earlier, we're going to have in the show notes so people can just click and uh, give you a follow. Okay. Um, respectfully, I might add. That's uh, right. No but disrespect. Bef- before we get into, you know, your general history with video games, would you please, uh, and this is, this is, by the way, this is episode 143. I didn't think, I've not thought about this until today. I was driving home from getting lunch with my girlfriend. And I usually say, would you please introduce uh, the game that you've brought on uh, for to d- that we're going to discuss for today? But here's actually what I'm going to say instead. Yeah. Uh, Sean, will you please call me by your game? <laughs> I will. 143 episodes in. What is wrong with me? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's okay. You know, sometimes it takes a little trial and error. But oh, thank you. You, thank you, you found it now. Uh, that's the magic number. And I'm glad it was you who got to be on this <laughs> I'm <one>. so honored. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You're going to have to go back and re-edit those episodes. I think I am. Put your voice in. Uh, <laughs> yes. Uh, it is Banjo-Kazooie. That's what we're talking about. I can't about. wait. Uh, I mention this every so often, uh, but I don't always have a relationship with the game that the guest brings on mm-hmm. uh, to to discuss. Uh, but this is one I do have. Uh, so I'm extra excited yeah. to hear about your time with Banjo-Kazooie, the bear and the bird, as That's as, right. as they're called. Um, but, but, you know, before we really get into anything Banjo-Kazooie, I'd love to hear about your general history with games. Do you yeah. remember, like, the first time you took an interest in a video game? Sure. Did you have them? Just when you gain consciousness as a kid, I'd love to hear. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so I um, yeah have a, a big family with lots of cousins, and uh, I always remember whenever we'd get together, you know, since I was like you know five six years old, I would remember my older cousins playing like just the OG games of like Duck Hunt. Oh uh, yes. <laughs> you know what I mean? That was a big one. <laughs> Um, with the zapper and the NES. yeah yeah oh. super, super mario donkey kong uh, on like the super nintendo nice uh, yeah so this is like you know like 93 94 probably and uh I, I just remember thinking that it was like oh you know that's like for the older kids like they would never let oh. us play yeah and, and, and so um yeah just kind of grew up watching them play i think mm-hmm. a lot of people have this experience where they watch yes. they're like older siblings or older cousins like play the video game very much it's, it's such like a rite of passage yeah. to even get the chance to 
to like touch the controller, hoping it's plugged in. Yeah, um, of course. You, yeah. Was this, are you from LA? I don't actually know where you're from. No, I'm, I'm from Michigan. Oh my gosh. No way. Go blue or Spartans. I don't know. Do you get Yeah. It? <laughs> I'm not really a sports guy, but yeah, either one. I know that it's either okay, one. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah. My wife is a Spartan, but uh, yeah, we both have like no allegiance to gotcha. <laughs> the, the team at all. Uh, yeah. So that was like my first exposure to it. And uh, then we never had a console before that. I think the first console that we had in our house was the Sega Genesis. My older brother nice. got that. And so like my first actual games that I played myself were like Sonic. Mm. And uh, I think like the Aladdin game was really big. Oh, yes. For us. Um, Mortal Kombat. Funny about Mortal Kombat, I remember like <laughs> my mom, I mean, a, a lot of people probably had this experience too, but like my mom like walked in on us playing the video game. Uh-huh. Obviously it's like horrifically violent, like yes, way more violent than you would ever think a video game could ever be in 1994, yes. but it was like, you know, people's <laughs> obviously spines being ripped out. Um, and uh, yeah, yeah she was like we have to return this like we we can't have this in the house and my brother was like no 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 i found this code where like you could make it so that sand comes out i don't know if people are aware of this he's like you can make it so that about this yeah uh, maybe this is just a dream i had but like yeah. i'm i'm 99 sure there was a code where like you could make it so that the color uh of the God. blood is, is not red it's like beige Yes. And so he did that. And then there's like this filter. Yeah. Where it's like incredible, I mean, less violent, I, I, I guess, know that where it's like sand is coming out of them. <laughs> that's amazing. I didn't know that that was a possibility on the Sega Genesis because yeah. I, but I did know that on the Super Nintendo version of yeah. the Mortal Kombat games, the blood was green. So right. that, like that made it any better. I remember that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Maybe I'm remembering wrong. Maybe it was like green. Um, but yeah. I like to uh, think sand is fun. <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah. <laughs> so those games were like really big. Sonic was huge. And mm-hmm. like, yeah, uh, I remember like my younger brother wanting to play and then we would like race each other uh, on the Sonic game. I'd be Sonic, he'd be Tails. And then just he would be so upset that he would lose every time. Mm-hmm. So then I was just like, no, you're actually this screen over here, which was oh. my screen. Yeah. So he would think <laughs> that he was winning every time. You had no idea, little brother, you won. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> exactly. So yeah, definitely, you know, pull the fast one on him that way. Um, I hope he doesn't hear this. It's going to like totally ruin his his whole life. <laughs> his whole, the whole structure of his like, <laughs> his, his, like identity is just crumbling. It's just crushed. <laughs> yeah. He becomes a completely different person. Um, yeah. Uh, so I remember that. That was big. And then, um, yeah, the next big step, which leads us into uh, Banjo-Kazooie, was uh, obviously N64, which just mm. like, you know, I mean, that's a cultural reset. People feel very religious about the N64. I know that. Yes. It's like a cult now. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, that's really where, you know, uh, video games were a big part of my life. It was like the the peak of N64, you know? Yeah. So like I was, you know, right at that age where it would have been the most uh, culturally relevant when I was like 9, 10, 11. Mm. So yeah, loved all the games on there. I remember like, yeah, obviously Super Mario 64, Mm. uh, Wave Race was big, uh, Crazy Taxi, or that might have been GameCube. Um, I think you're right about that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And uh, just, yeah, pretty much every classic game, GoldenEye, of course, Uh, Cruising USA, I loved. I love like racing games. Nice. And uh, yeah, like... I, I I gravitated more towards kind of the like cartoon character games where it's like they're going through a world. I don't know what you call that. So yeah, like, you, yeah. Uh, like a mascot platformer. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So like Super Mario obviously is like the the you know golden example of that, and then uh, Crash Bandicoot. I remember loving mm. and. Um, yeah, there's another one I'm forgetting, but uh, yeah, Banjo Kazooie was the one for me yes. that that was probably like, yeah, the one that I spent the most amount of time playing, like took the most seriously, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, just us three brothers in the house just loved that game. Um, it, it just like 
I don't know. It felt like you were inside of a cartoon. Yeah. Uh, the totally. world was just so lush and there were so many different like layers to it. Mm-hmm. It was like funny. Um, yeah. It felt like you were becoming like a character in a cartoon. Uh, yeah. I, I think looking back on it, that's probably what I like loved about it so much, you know? Dang. Um, and so, uh, yeah, <laughs> uh, I just remember every day after school, I would like just be playing that for like a couple hours. And, uh, nice. I, I remember like, uh, the levels were kind of hard to like beat at a certain mm-hmm. point. And like, we just kept getting stuck at a, at a certain level. Um, and I have like <laughs> a little story about, um, the the checkpoints that you could save the game at this yeah. it, it caused some like family strife oh uh, my gosh <laughs> <laughs> it, it was like one of the most stressful moments of my life up to that point oh my gosh will you is and that's about banjo kazooie yeah yeah will, will you pocket that for me yeah uh, yeah for i sure. want to s- I want to save that for a little bit later uh <laughs> yeah but I'll, I'll remember too because this sounds i'm already yeah. just like anticipating so much uh, yeah i i just about, just uh, uh yes, <laughs> out there I, I remember i was just telling my wife that i was going to be talking about this game and she was like oh well you have to tell like the story like that happened between you guys <laughs> she <laughs> knows the story oh my yeah. gosh this is yeah. this is incredible uh this, pretty is, nuts. this is the stuff i do the show for <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. Um, that's what we live for Oh, I can't wait. Um, so were you, so N64 was huge for you. I I relate to that so much. That was like, I liked yeah. games before that. I had games, but that was when I first, like the N64 was my first personal console and like where it all started for me. Um, but you said, you also mentioned that you played uh, like Crazy Taxi, which must've mm-hmm. been on the GameCube. Did yeah. you, so you must've played a little after that too. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think well into maybe like middle school or so. Sure. I, I was definitely playing games a lot. Uh, yeah, like my older brother kind of was the the person who would like introduce any like, you know, uh, big cultural moment that was going yeah. on in, into our house. You know, he was just like the gatekeeper of it all. So like, yeah, he would bring in the N64. He would be like, yeah, we need to get a Genesis um you know very influential with like movies music that's just the way it is with older siblings um, yeah they just they just set the tone exactly so exactly yeah 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 um yeah it wasn't really until like he moved out for college that i was like oh like who am i what what do yeah. i actually like <laughs> um so like who's gonna bring all the cool stuff around exactly yeah, yeah 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 it's just you know he just brings shit over and you're like okay that's i guess what we're gonna be into for the next like year or so um, yeah. Wow. That's like just this is different, but it, yeah, it's how like a group or a family dynamic can shift when one person like goes and lives a new life or is gone or whatever. Yeah. Uh, that's a that's a whole nother discussion. That's uh, a whole different hole. podcast. Yeah, we got it. Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, it, that's that's really cool. So but it sounds like, you know, that childhood period was like the the big gaming time for you. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Um, for sure. That being the case. Like throughout the years since then, did you do you remember any games that you maybe played with friends or at other people's houses or like whether it's group games or anything that sticks out to you? Yeah, I mean, ever since that time, I, I just like I said, I think before we started recording, like video games just kind of floated away from me. Like mm-hmm. I just stopped being as obsessed with them. I started to get like a lot more into like music and comedy. Mm-hmm um and like performing and uh like uh, forensics was a big thing in in my high school i don't know if like people Whoa, in other parts no of the way. country like no yeah i mean when i say forensics like most people will probably think like you know dead bodies like forensic yes. science <laughs> yeah yeah uh so <laughs> i have no idea why this word is used for both of these things but like yeah. it's also used to describe like essentially speech and debate and like competitive acting oh um, interesting yeah yeah so that became like a lot of what i focused on in like high school was forensic interesting so, yeah Did and you- it was like a big foundation for like my like comedy uh, identity was like, okay, oh. learning how to perform through forensics was like, uh, you would pick basically any kind of folktale or children's story and then you uh-huh. perform it 
taking on all like different voices and characters. Oh my and, gosh. Uh, yeah. And then you go to like a competition where like, you know, people from other high schools are there. Um, yeah. So I, I just got wrapped up into that world. Um, That's so cool. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's pretty nuts. Now that I think about it, 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 it like probably really, really informed Damn. like who I was as a performer more than anything was like doing forensics in, in middle school and high school. Um, but anyway, yeah, to answer the question, uh, no, I, I, I think like I only dabbled here and there mm -hmm. on like, uh, games on the phone. You know, I never got into like angry birds or any of those, uh, big ones. I, gotcha. I, yeah. I, I think maybe there was like the, the, what is it like the snake one? It's just called snake, right? Yeah, on, just on the calculator. Snake. Yeah, yeah. And then there was like this other one called like tunnel or like tunnel vision on the calculator on the oh. like TI eighty three. I think was started Amazing. to be a moment. I never played that. Yeah, we're like, uh, you're basically it's an extremely simple game where like there's barriers on the left and right that are like uh -huh. get narrower and narrower and yeah, you have to kind of guide oh. this like car through it and it gets yeah. like crazier and crazier turns and if you hit a side then the game's over um so yeah i started to get <laughs> that's so cool <laughs> really into like, that in class in early like in late late high school for me like there were like i think two versions of the iphone were out i think i had like the second version or something like that right and one of the first phone games we played was something very similar to that right i don't right. even know the name but like sure. because the iphone had some motion to it you yeah. just like tilt the phone a little oh, bit. Oh, wow. That's cool. Yeah. It's, but so that, that's just so, rem you're like uh, reminding me of something that I right, used to Right, right. That's cool. Yeah. that That's what uh, this whole conversation is doing for me. It's like uh, shining a light back on like the dark recesses of my brain of like yes. things that are in the basement of my brain. And I'm like, holy yes. crap. Like I forgot about that. I had, but just talking about it is like bringing them back to the forefront. I, I love that. That's, that's yeah. like a lot of the fun I have on the show is when stuff like that can happen. Uh, right. And we go, we go open up those cardboard boxes labeled, yeah. uh, I don't know, video, whatever it was. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I think like, um, words with friends obviously is a more recent one, like yes. in college, like, yeah, I dabbled in that a little bit. Um, but yeah, just like everybody, I think we just go through like, you know, a one to two month obsession with these games and then mm -hmm. we just move on. Some people just like latch onto them and then it, that's just part of who you are forever, you know? Yes. Like, uh, yeah. I mean, there was this game like Bubble Popper, I think. That, oh, like, fun. Yeah. It, it's just like, uh, uh, like a fidget spinner. It's like what I know people who, who are just doing that constantly, you know what I yeah. mean? Just like instead of scrolling through like Twitter or Instagram or whatever, like they're just playing Bubble Popper. All the Is time. it like, like <laughs> yeah. bubble wrap? They're just popping in on a screen? It's like um, a bunch of like bubbles are clustered together and they're all mm. different colors and you have to like shoot an arrow at them and try oh. to get the ones that are the same color to pop all together. Uh, yes. And they're in crazier and weirder combinations as the levels go on. That's that's fun. That's like yeah. that reminds me of this. It the no wonder it's called Bubble Popper. Reminds me of a series called Bubble Bobble. Where okay, yeah, you would like have a little arrow and shoot a colored yeah. bubble at a group, and I think you had to pair a certain amount together to get them to disappear. But right. um, that's fun. Did you ever get into or like at like a friend's place? Ever play any like Mario Kart or anything like that? Right. Yeah, I think like especially at that time, like, you know, late elementary school, middle school. Gotcha. That was like what we did at yeah. birthday parties. Just like, okay, who's going to bring the N64? Who's going to bring the Mario Kart, the yes. Mario Party? Um, yeah. Or or obviously Super Smash was like huge. Um, mm -hmm. So, yeah, it definitely was all up in that. Those games that like you just play uh, at at parties, at birthday That's parties, great. family parties, whatever it was. Um, ah. yeah, it, it's I so crazy that. that that was such a big, uh, you know, um, part of my life and then it, it just like went away. I don't know. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's crazy how that happens. It, it happens. It's a natural separation for you. Um, yeah. <clears throat> I guess my, my last question about your history with gaming is like, what are, what's your relationship to games like now? Like, do you, when was the last time you even looked at a console? Oh man. Uh, a console? Yeah, it's been a long time. I mean, my older brother, like, has remained, like, a gamer 
throughout That's my the true years. champion. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You should have probably had him on, but uh, he, uh, yeah, I mean, he stays up on everything. Um, he, yeah, whenever we come over, like, we'll play, like, Wii games together. Oh, fun. Um, yeah. Uh, and, and, I mean, he has kids, too. Um, I I'm, I assume that they're more for the kids, but he, I don't know. I don't know who they're really for. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, that, that's really the only time that I will play video games now is, like, if we go over to his house and, like, we're not watching a movie, then we'll just be like, yeah, let's play some Wii Sports. Oh, man. That, an absolute classic, too. Uh, yeah. Well, uh, Sean, thank you so much for, you know, sharing about your history with gaming all the way up, you know, from the beginning, all the way up to what it's like now. Um, We're going to go ahead and take a quick break. And then when we come back, we'll talk about uh, all things Banjo-Kazooie. So I'll see you on the other side. All My name is Jeremy Schmidt, and I'd like to tell you about my podcast, Video Games, A Comedy Show. This is, you guessed it, a comedy show about video games. Every episode, a panel of video game-liking comedians discusses a brand new topic, the games they've been playing, and best of all, the news. Are there bits? Arguably way too many. If you like to laugh and or like to play video games, check out Video Games, A Comedy Show, anywhere podcasts can be found. Welcome back to Call Me By Your Game, of course, here with Sean Begg to discuss Banjo-Kazooie. Uh, Sean, welcome back. Hi, how you doing? Just even better, somehow even better than Somehow before. even better. Um, didn't think it was possible, but here I am. Uh, like I told you before the show, before we get into your history with this game and, and more details that you want to share, because we got a nice little uh, appetizer earlier, um, I'm going to set the table and just talk about what Banjo-Kazooie is for the listener. Um, even the listener, especially if they're from our generation, are probably going to be pretty familiar. Um, but uh, if you want to jump in at any time, please do. Um, yeah. So uh, Banjo-Kazooie is a platform video game developed by Rare and originally released for the Nintendo 64 console in 1998. It's the first game in the Banjo-Kazooie series and follows the story of a bear, Banjo, and a bird, Kazooie, as they try to stop the witch Gruntilda, who intends to seal the beauty of Banjo's younger sister, Tootie, for herself. Which, it's really easy to look at that now and be like, the beauty of his younger sister, who seems to be like a child. It's like, that's... <laughs> okay, Gruntilda, you freak. Um, yeah. The uh, the game features nine non-linear worlds, sort of open areas, where the player must use Banjo and Kazooie's wide range of abilities to gather items and progress throughout the story. It features challenges such as solving puzzles, jumping over obstacles, collecting items, and defeating opponents. Uh, originally conceived as an adventure game for uh, named Dream for the Super Nintendo, uh, Banjo-Kazooie was designed to appeal to players of all ages. Um, in fact, uh, once this you know this idea for this game had been developed and it was being worked on, Banjo actually made an appearance in an earlier game that I'd love to know if you played, uh, huh. Diddy Kong Racing. Yeah. So Banjo, along with Conker, who would be in Conker's Bad Fur Day, both rare properties, uh, before a Banjo-Kazooie game was ever released, uh, was in Diddy Kong Racing. The reason that this was out of order was because Banjo and Kazooie was delayed and they needed more time to uh, put it out. Interesting. But I guess Diddy Kong Racing was like pretty much ready to go. Um, Yeah. So so that's that's how Banjo came to be. the game was a critical and commercial success, selling nearly 2 million copies in the United States alone. It was praised for its detailed graphics, dynamic soundtrack, and intricate level design, with many uh, reviews comparing it favorably to Super Mario 64, uh, which we already we talked about a little bit about that today, too. Um, and then uh, Banjo-Kazooie was followed by a sequel, Banjo-Tooie. Uh, which strangely was like my introduction to the mm. series. I don't, mm-hmm. I still don't know how that happened. Yeah. Uh, this came out in uh, 2000 and the game was remastered for the huh. Xbox 360 in 2008 uh, and was included in the rare replay compilation for the Xbox One. And then this year 
in January 2022, it was released on the Nintendo Switch uh, for their like Nintendo 64 package they have. Huh. Um, and uh, it was uh, directed by Greg Mails and George Andreas, uh, produced by the the brothers who founded Rare, Chris and Tim Stamper, uh, and then the composer is Grant Kirkhope, who's like a famed uh, Rare uh, composer. Rare being the company. Um, that's uh, that's a pretty good baseline for what yeah. the game is. Did you have anything like any like bullet points or like, oh, we should mention this before we get into your history? No, honestly, like I <laughs> just remember mostly like how I felt and like a lit, like big picture stuff about the game. Gorgeous. Uh, but that was a good, like nice refresher on it that okay. will prime me to talk about it. Yeah. I love it. Well, since we're primed and ready, um, Sean, I'd love to know, uh, I don't know if you specifically said this earlier yeah. while we were talking about Banjo-Kazooie, but do you remember how you came to play the game? Was this something that your brother brought? Did you all yeah. hear about it? Do you remember at all? Yeah. So like I wasn't the one, you know, kind of like researching or hearing about the games at all. Yeah. I remember my brother had this like gaming magazine uh, yes. that he would read. So yeah, they would like be talking about new stuff that was cool, like new games that were coming around the corner. And uh, yeah, I just remember him talking about Banjo-Kazooie and was like, oh yeah, I think you guys will like it a lot. You know, it's, it's for all ages. I'll, I'll bring it on over. So then he brought it in and... Um, yeah, I, I don't know what exactly it was that like made it so attractive to to want to play. But yeah, I think like I said before, it just felt like you were watching a cartoon, but you were uh, being one of the characters in it. Yeah. And it was just this fully realized, incredibly lush, really fun looking world, a world that you could like touch and feel. It, mm -hmm. it felt like a world that you like wanted to step into yeah, um, and like play around in yourself. Um just like it looked like a playground for a kid, you know? Totally. Um, yeah. Uh, and so uh, I just remember him starting to play it. And then, you know, uh, you could make different profiles. And, yes, that's right. Um, yeah, yeah. So like, you know, uh, different people could like start the game and save it at different checkpoints. And uh, yeah, uh, I don't know if you want me to get into the the, the story of what happened uh, with oh, the, by, the checkpoints. By, yeah. by all means, whatever you'd like to share about, because <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I have stuff I could ask you too. But yeah, uh, yeah. at this point, ever, the listener too is just like, what just is prime story? For it. Yeah, what happened? Yeah, so uh, yeah, you know, my brother was like six years older than me. And um, I just remember like this game and Super Mario 64 and like other games, of course, like, you know, uh, you get to a certain level and then you can save it. Um, and then you just like pick up where you left off, of course. Mm -hmm. Right. So, um, I, uh, my brother was like out of the house, my older brother. <laughs> and I, I thought I was like creating a profile for like, I think it was either my younger brother or like a cousin of ours. Uh -huh. I was like trying to make a profile for him <laughs> and accidentally had like deleted my brother's whole oh profile. My and he was like farther than any of us in the game, like almost yes. at the end. And like, it's, it's oh. kind of a, I mean, maybe to a 10 year old, maybe, you know, now it'd be easy, but it was like kind of hard. Like there's some levels where it's like, you had to like, you know, really crack a difficult puzzle to like yeah. move on to the next thing and be able to save it. So fully erased his game. <laughs> and I just remember like, my face went like white. My blood went cold, and I was just like, "Oh God, damn!" So it, like what? you, you immediately knew what happened. It wasn't I immediately like, knew oh, what happened, oh, and I was no. like, "Okay, maybe it's just like something messed up." So I immediately just shut off the N sixty four, yes, and like unplugged it, and was like, "Okay, maybe you know it was just a glitch. Yeah. Maybe that was a mistake. Maybe you didn't actually erase it, and then just let ten minutes go by, plug it back in, and um, uh, sure enough, yeah, his profile just like wasn't there." Oh and my gosh. Yeah. So then I just started like freaking out. And I'm just like, oh my God, he's going to like so pissed. I'm going to get my ass beat. Like, what the hell are we going to do? Uh -huh. At this point, like, my brother had gone to college, I think, or um, he was just like super busy in high school and like wasn't home a lot. Yeah. I can't remember exactly what was going on. 
but like I just like started freaking out. I was like, oh my god, what the hell do I do? Like I can't tell the truth. That would be horrible. Yes. Like <laughs> obviously you lie. <laughs> so um I remember like talking to my mom about it and she was like, Yeah, he's gonna get pretty pissed off. Um <laughs> What, what, not what, even what, softening the blow. No, not at all. Yeah. She's like, I, I don't know what you're going to do. So what I did was I concocted a, like a very uh, mis- like scheming plan. So yes. I hid the game and pretended it got lost. Oh, okay. And, yes. and I was like, okay, whenever he's out of the house, I'm going to try to play the game and <laughs> And get back to the level where he was. Mm-hmm. And then when uh, he comes back, I'll, I'll have to like just shut it off and like hide it again. And he yes. won't know. So just whenever he was out of the house, just like a homework assignment, not even enjoying it. I was just like, okay, I just have to, I have to get back to the level. And it was getting to the point where I was like surpassing where I was at the game. And I was like, I don't know how he beat this level. Like, I don't know what to do. This is going to be yeah. really hard. <laughs> And like trying my best to like, you know, solve these puzzles, get past these bosses. Mm -hmm. And like, yeah, I'm I'm only like nine, ten years old. I'm like, I don't know what the hell I'm doing. Like, this is getting to be difficult. Yeah. Uh, Somehow, miraculously, yeah, I get back to like where he was and I'm able to save it. No way. And then uh, I just, he came home one day and it was just sitting there and I was like, oh yeah, I found it. And then he was like, oh, like, where was it? And I was like, oh, like, I think... Mom just put it like in this box of like old stuff. Like thought it was uh-huh. like, an old video game that we weren't playing, but it, it was in there. And he was just like, "Oh, okay, yeah, that's it." <laughs> so I got away with it scot free. No one oh knew. My gosh. I told him like years later what had happened. Yes, and he was like, "You guys were that afraid of me that <laughs> that you had to do this like poor plan and." uh you were just like sweating bullets as a as a nine year old, ten year old. I I can't believe that happened. I was like, yeah. I mean, you used to like be an angry guy when you were yes a teenager. We were scared of you, so yeah. Out of fear, I became a gamer. Incredible. And, uh, and yeah, now that we're unpacking this, maybe that's why I just left gaming completely because of yes. this trauma. That you were happened. scarred from from like yeah. having to do this, not even enjoying yeah. it. I wasn't enjoying it. It was just like. A job. And then, you know, when we got to the other side of it, I picked up back where I left off from my game, from my profile. And uh, yeah, I I got like really good at it and was like, oh, I can like finish the game now. Wow. And I remember getting to that, not thinking about this is just like so silly and funny how how seriously I took it as a Uh 10 year old. But like, I remember it was like early in the morning and in Banjo-Kazooie, Look, I don't even remember like narratively where this comes from. I don't know how this plays into the story of the game at all. (laughs) I just remember there being a carrot, there being characters called like Jinjos. Yes, they were, they were these little like guys that you had to save. They're like different colors. Right, right. And at the very end, like once you beat the boss, there's like a white Jinjo that comes Mm -hmm. out. Oh. (laughs) And like does this dance or like, celebration or something that mm-hmm. like you you beat the game and like my, <laughs> my little brother was sleeping and i just remember like oh my god i beat the boss and like when you're a kid and you like beat the game or like beat yes. the boss you get like you know shivers down your spine you're just like it's oh my god like moment. is this real yeah it's like this is incredible i didn't know that i was capable of this you know yeah. <laughs> and uh I just remember like waking up my brother being like, oh my God, the white ginger, the white ginger is, is here. <laughs> like as if there's like literally like an angel in our room or something yes, like that. Yes, yes. <laughs> like, well, you if, know, like, I've never seen an angel in a yeah. ginger in the same place. So <laughs> It was as if I was telling him like the real Santa Claus was in the room. That's like the excitement that yes. I remember telling him. And he was like, oh my God. He's just like rubbing his eyes. We're just watching this like stunned as kids this white Jinjo oh. celebration of the game ending. And uh, yeah, I was just like so happy and like cheering and then like telling my mom and she has like no idea what the hell we're talking about. <laughs> and she's like, oh, wow, that's like really good. I'm so proud of you. <laughs> that's like, incredible. Yeah. I, 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 remember, I remember feeling like very, very proud of myself that, yes. I, that I did that. Yeah, totally. Especially one kid. of those. I mean, those games can be long. Yeah, they are big. Uh, yeah, like you're like you said, a lot of the challenges can be difficult, and 
I I also really I love Banjo Kazooie and I like Chewie a lot, but yeah. this is a from an era of games where the camera was was new to this 3D space, so it wasn't right. designed very well. And so right, right. you not only are fighting against just the actual challenges in the game, but the the challenges of the, the camera and the system. Yeah, for sure. So it's a big yeah. deal. Yeah, I mean, it was like, I think the biggest change from like obviously the old consoles to this, to this one mm-hmm. uh, were like, yeah, I mean, it's not a linear game. You're not just like running from right to left, like jumping yeah. over things and, 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 you know, going through the challenges. It's a fully like 3D world. So you kind of mm-hmm. have to like explore a little bit. You don't know where you're supposed to go, where you're not supposed to go. You mm-hmm. don't know exactly how to beat the level. You don't know if you're in the right direction or not. So you can spend like a long time just like dilly-dallying in a world, not really accomplishing anything. And yeah. sometimes in the later levels, I remember like the actual thing that you're supposed to do is very well hidden. And you just have to Ugh. kind of poke and prod and explore and just live in this world and get familiar with it before you know, oh, okay, this is most likely the challenge that I have to defeat. Yeah. You know? Such a um, different way of going about playing a game than we were probably used to at the time from just yeah. what we had available before right. that. Right, right. Yeah, no, it was fully like going from black and white to in color. I'm just like, I, I don't know what is going on. This is like activating senses I didn't know that I had, yeah. you know. Um, but yeah, no, definitely like overall a lot of fondness for that game. And mm-hmm. uh, I think the weird thing that I remember about it is like, it was a popular game, but I don't remember like any of my other friends like ever talking about it or like, yeah. you know, uh, wanting to play it. It's not a game that you play with other people, but, you know, mm-hmm. I don't remember anybody else like having an experience with this game. So it did really feel like this weird, like niche thing that I was into and that I played just by myself. Yes. Uh, and so, yeah, I just have like a fondness for that game and, and the memories playing it. That's that's so great. I actually felt really similar to you as well. Like I told you, I got into the series through somehow the sequel first. Right. And then I think like my dad on eBay got me the the first game at some point after I liked the sequel so much. And so, but my one friend that I played a ton of video games with, uh, who I mentioned the the patented best friend of the show, Eddie, who I mention all the time, (laughs) because when I'm, when I'm diving back into my memories, like he comes up a lot. Um, this was one of the few games that I'm pretty sure I introduced him to. So also felt like, I never heard about this from anybody else, only right. in like Nintendo Power, like their magazine. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. So that's that's so funny. And it, also what you were saying about, you know, exploring the world is so it, like it's reminiscent of my experience, too, because mm. and I think it has to do like we were talking about a lot mm-hmm. to do with being on the N64 or that generation of consoles where right. it was just different and more wide open and free it felt like um, right right which it was, just like completely opened up mm-hmm. our you know preconceived notions of what a video game is and could be and yeah like starting with super mario 64 like that mm. like fully changed the game for people yes um people were crazy about that game and it, i remember it just being like all anybody talked about or wanted to do and i think I, I have like vivid memories of like kids coming over who like lived in the neighborhood being like, oh my God, like you have a Super Mario yeah. 64. That's crazy, you know? And like people wanting to just come over just to play that. Yes. Um, yeah. That's, uh, I remember such a similar like excitement growing up as well. There was something about Mario, like being in the 3D space. And I, I've mm-hmm. told this story several times on this show, but I remember yeah. seeing, because I knew Mario from like the original Nintendo. Yeah. And I loved Mario, but suddenly going to a Toys R Us and seeing yeah. 64 on display yeah. like opened up my it just blew my brain right. into pieces. Right. Uh and but then actually getting to play it kind of like you're talking about there's that game in particular there's so many like secrets and things hidden around that you never know what you're going to find so getting right. into a game like Kazooie right. it always felt like that was there too in a different way um yeah which would just like pique your curiosity and uh so to what you were saying about the later levels like you're poking you're prodding you're just exploring all that that was like uh you 
it just felt like the possibilities were sort of endless. Right, right. Yeah, which was like daunting, but also exciting at the same time. Yeah, you just had to like explore. And uh, yeah, like not everything was just laid out clearly in the yes. game of like what you're mm-hmm. supposed to do and, and how you're supposed to, to accomplish it, which was like, yeah, kind of impressive looking back that it was like a children's game. You know, it mm-hmm. looks like it's for like five-year-olds if oh, you just yeah. look at the cover <laughs> of it, you know what I mean? Yeah. But uh, yeah, it, it, it's, it truly is like, I think a game for, for all ages though. I think anybody could, could have fun playing it. Definitely. Just on that like point, you were talking about the finding it funny and the humor and it Mm -hmm. is a really funny game uh the rare games in general like this this company who developed this one um have are really great about writing humor into their games as early as because they also made the donkey kong country series that was sort of their oh wow okay um but there's even humor in those games that i forget about like coming from the characters and in this one i loved i'd be curious if you remember it all but i loved the combo of banjo and kazooie banjo being this sort of like dumb like like lucky hero bear who just like thump around and then kazooie was so she's so sarcastic yeah so mean to him i just remember loving that right right right. yeah it's really like an of mice and men uh a mice and men (laughs) (laughs) dynamic there now that you describe it that way yeah um yeah classic classic buddy comedy um yeah i don't even like remember like certain jokes about it but um me neither yeah i just remember like finding different things to be entertained by like not just the game itself you know yes but uh yeah it it was just like a fun game to watch even if you're not playing it's a fun game to watch somebody else play you know yeah one that like someone could probably sit next to you and be like Mm -hmm. even if they're not a gamer or like to play they could be like oh what's up there like try that or have you thought about this exactly exactly Exactly. Yeah. yeah just um, a lot of fun. It, it, it's so funny that you, you talked about it earlier that, um, about Diddy Kong racing, which mm-hmm. is also opening up a, a box to my brain because <laughs> I love that game too. Uh, and I remember thinking like, this is superior to Mario Kart. Like, yes, th- this is well, so much more fun. I don't know what it was about it, but I just love Diddy Kong racing more. Well, I could tell you what the beliefs, how, what is held today because oh, please. that is kind I, of I a lo- popular like really uh, sentiment. Yeah, so they're both they are both really good at what they do. But Diddy Kong Racing was praised because not only you had like you know your your a bunch of tracks to race on, a, a fun cast of some very generic like animal 3D models, and then <laughs> yeah. some characters like Diddy that you know or Banjo right. and Conquer that you would. Right. Um, or like a, a, a like a, a white guy doing a racist voice playing the, the elephant. Uh, classic, classic. Yeah, classic. Uh, you love it in 90s games, right? Um, I love it. But uh, it was really – it's it's highly praised for its adventure mode. Like you mm. could play the multiplayer mode or like the Grand Prix like you would in Mario Kart, but there was like a whole story mode in that right. game. Right, right. And like a world yeah. you sort of – you didn't just choose your tracks – you right. would like drive over to where the area was in and go yes. into it in that yes, mode. Yes, yes. So. Yeah, that, this is all coming back to me. Uh, yeah, I remember really loving that game too. Just yeah, that yeah. whole world really spoke to me of just like these furry little creatures yes. uh, going on adventures. It's, I, I love that kind of stuff. I, I love it too. It's one that I actually like really missed as a kid and mm-hmm. only in like adulthood mm. have gotten the chance to play. And yeah, it it holds up. It's it's yeah. really strong. I have a really good friend of mine who he he talked about that game on this show over a year ago. His name's Adrian, and he okay. he was just like his thesis statement for that episode <laughs> was like this was the kart racer of the time. Hear yeah. me out uh, for sure. No, I believe it definitely. Um, <laughs> I've got I've just got like one more thing I want to know because you've painted such a wonderful picture for me of like your relationship to this game and even told an amazing story. <laughs> I, would you do me a favor? And sort of scene paint where you would have been playing this game yeah. in your house and like what the room was like. Right. Yeah. So this is like in my bedroom in Michigan. So like, you know, suburbs, 30 minutes outside of Detroit. Yeah. Um, yeah. Just like uh, every suburb in America. Um, so, yeah, this is in, in, in my room in the late 90s, early 2000s. And I had a bunk bed in my room. Hell yeah. And uh, yeah, I was 
somehow allowed to have the TV in my room that mm. only played local channels. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, I could play video games on. And uh, yeah, so whenever we'd have like family parties or just, uh, you know, uh, parties where my, my parents, uh, friends, kids would be at, uh, they would all just come into my room and, you know, there'd just be like pizza lying around. The dream. And sometimes, yeah, just plates of Indian food just sitting around while we're playing video games. Oh. Uh, yeah, just an all out party over there. And, uh, yeah, it was just this little rinky dinky TV that we got probably from Toys R Us that, uh, yeah, is, you know, smaller than, oh, maybe about the size of like a laptop screen. Yeah. Um, yeah, just sitting on the, the, the little wooden desk that I had. And, uh, yeah, I spent a lot of time just staring at that screen. (laughs) Yeah. I, I love that. Uh, I had a little, like my parents used to have this old tube TV with also a small screen on it. And then eventually Mm -hmm. once they got a new TV, I think it was in like sixth grade, I finally, I got to have their TV and have it in my room. So, uh, like I can. And these TVs are, are thick. I mean, yes, big boys. Yeah, this TV went deep. It had a lot of depth to it. <laughs> yeah, and like, it, which is really funny because it, I mean, the, the image quality was like probably terrible compared to what we have mm-hmm. now. But what were they doing with all that space, with all those it, wires jammed into there? Like, what was being done? Like, oh my gosh, it's like I've seen those because I I have an old TV like that, a CRT. <laughs> Truly, yeah. to, this is how deep it goes for me now to play yeah. retro games because they look <laughs> like stuff on the N64 looks way better on that than it does like really? blown up on an HD. Interesting. Screen. Oh, you can see all the pixels and all the flaws. Yeah, like the because the yeah, it's built to be outputted on a crappy screen like that, so it's actually right. nice. But the th- right. yeah, it's so like my TV. I mean, it's probably like I'm looking at it now, maybe 17 inches diagonal, okay. but it's it's like a foot yeah. and a half, two feet Good God. deep. Yeah. <laughs> Oh my God. I was just talking to, I think my father in law about this, but like the big screen TVs in that time, mm-hmm. well, it's just like a monster sitting in your house. I mean, these yeah. things were colossal, <laughs> taking up most of the room, you know? Yeah. Incredibly deep, like almost like what, like four or five feet. They go back. Like it's yeah. crazy, man. They, I remember old like entertainment centers would like have, would not have like a backing to them a lot of the time with the TV would <laughs> right. go because it would need to stick out the back. Yeah, yeah, right, right. Oh, gosh. Yeah. Just, um, why did we well, do that? Why was that the norm for so long? I, I don't know. Whatever, I have no clue. Uh, <laughs> and, and now they're just yeah. these like monsters that live in our brains. Uh, yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. Um, uh, Sean, um, uh, before we go and I, I have yeah. I share with you the fun post show segments would you just do me a favor and really quick put a bow on the place that Banjo and Kazooie uh, holds in your in your mind today yeah I, I think it it hit me at a time when like um, you're just truly all about having fun all the time as a kid it came out at the exact right moment mm. like 10 years old um and uh, yeah, it's just really fun to revisit that of when uh, you need to feel like possibilities are endless and just inspired by, um, you know, w- whatever media that you're taking in. Mm-hmm. And I think it was like a really fun, um, very exciting, inspiring thing to, to experience as a kid. You know, like I say, of like a cartoon that you could walk into. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, no, I'll, I'll like never forget that game uh, because of <laughs> how big it, a role it played in my life. Yeah. Oh, gosh. Well, hey, thank you again for sharing uh, about that game, uh, about Banjo-Kazooie with us today. Um, but that'll lead us into our fun post-show segments that I'll get to uh, right now. Well, the first of which is the Fact Me by Your Game segment. And that's just <laughs> okay. where I'm going to share a couple of fun facts with you okay. about Banjo and Kazooie. Cool. Um, these both come from a really great YouTube channel called that I share from often called Did You Know Gaming? They have a whole episode on the Kazooie series. Okay. Um, but the first one I have titled, uh, and I have to, <clears throat> I have to say it like this. I would, I would, the comedian in me would be disappointed if I didn't do it later. Yeah. Um, the title of this one is called 
it was all a dream. Uh, I couldn't say it normally. Uh, so uh, Banjo and Kazooie began life, as we talked about earlier, as an isometric adventure game codenamed Project Dream originally. Huh. Um, it was reminiscent of the of the Zelda series and old mm. LucasArts like point and click mm-hmm. adventures. Um, originally designed for the SNES, uh, and it starred a boy named Edison and his dog dinger as they get tangled up with a group of pirates um it's really cool if uh i should send you the link to this video because you can see uh they have like uh old footage of this game that was just in development it's really fascinating um um, after years of development and changes to the game the character was changed to a bear with a skateboard look who eventually became banjo and then development shifted to the n64 there's a lot more details in there but it became the series as we know of Banjo Kazooie today. Um, wow! I would like. I think, especially as a fan of this game, like I like, you should definitely watch this like seven eight minute video. It's fascinating. Yeah. Uh, and then the uh, the next uh, fact I have for you, I have titled "Stop and Swap." Now, the company who developed Banjo and Kazooie Rare, they discovered by accident that if you removed a cartridge from the Nintendo sixty four while the power was uh, still on remnants of the game's information would remain on the system's ram for a short period of time wow um so what they wanted to do is they wanted to reward players uh with unlockable items by swapping different game carts out that specifically that they developed uh different points in the game um so there were plans to uh have some features between uh this game its sequel and then Donkey Kong 64 wow. who was made by the same company. And yeah. um, so uh, the pl- these plans were eventually scrapped when Nintendo informed Rare that this would only work on like a certain version of the N64 that was manufactured okay. and that like the newer systems for whatever reason wouldn't be oh, able to do this. So they got okay. rid of it. But yeah. Yeah, so there were supposed to be like some collectibles and stuff uh, as like secrets that were available. But wow, um, it's cool. In the video, there's a great screenshot of inside Donkey Kong's like hut in DK64. Oh, no way. Yeah, and this screenshot has like, which is not there in the game that was released. There's like a little uh, sort of, what do, we, what do you want to call it? Like a, looks like a changing room almost. Hmm, okay. And it has Banjo and Kazooie on the side. So... I don't know. I what vaguely it was do. remember something about this. Yeah, yeah. Um, this, this is definitely uh, awakening a memory for me. Yeah, uh, I may have seen that before. It's it's really strange, but anyway, yeah. um, the that'll do it for the the factory by your game segment. I will send okay. you that video, uh, cool. and then I'll lead you into the final one: the game recommendations. Now, this is my one forced tie into the movie. Call Me By Your Name, where, Sean, I'm going to treat Banjo-Kazooie as your passionate Italian summer lover, uh, and, but eventually, uh, you're going to, like in the movie, um, you're going to not uh, stay together, and you're going to, but I believe in you. I think you're going to find some other flings in your life. Okay, uh, okay. I'm and open so to it. Each of these are going to have like some sort of connection with the game. Uh so the first of which is if you like uh, Banjo-Kazooie, which it was funny you were telling me that you liked the sort of mascot platformer type games. Yeah. So this is one that's perfect for that. But if you want one that's a little cooler and a little yeah, future-er, uh, I'll recommend Jack and Daxter, the precursor legacy for the PlayStation 2. Do you know huh. Jack and Daxter at all? Jack and Daxter. No, that sounds familiar though. I, I bet if you saw like an image, especially being yeah. from that time, you would recognize them, but okay. it's because this this one also ties in well to Banjo Kazooie because you're you just play as uh, Jack, this like guy who runs around, but he has this little like like mm. uh, marsupial little red creature named Daxter that's with him. So it's kind of like <laughs> okay, a little yeah, Banjo pretty similar. Um, wow, okay. The company who made a uh, uh, Crash Bandicoot. Oh, okay. This game. Okay, mm. nice, nice. Okay, yeah, I'm sure I love it. So uh, that's your first recommendation. Okay, um, okay. And um, the second one, you know, famously the the uh, antagonist of Banjo-Kazooie is a witch named Gruntilda. Well, instead of, you know, if you're tired of fighting a witch, but now you want to be a witch, 
I'll go ahead and recommend a game uh, called Bayonetta, where you play this uh, badass uh, witch, uh, and you're you fight and kill a lot of bad stuff in it. But uh, okay. so if you if if you just want to be a witch, that's <laughs> that's my recommendation for you. It's um, my dream, of course. Oh, I knew it. Uh, and then lastly is uh, if you like Bear and Bird, but you really at your heart you like Dog and Bird. I'll go ahead and recommend a game that you actually brought up today, and that is Duck Hunt. Oh, hell yeah. Classic. Absolute classic. Um, Well, I'll go ahead and go down the list again of recommendations. We have Jack and Daxter, The Precursor Legacy, Bayonetta, or Duck Hunt. Um, That'll do it for the game recommendations. And Sean, that'll actually bring us to the end of the show. So before we go and and plug whatever we want, and uh, again, even if we talked about stuff earlier, uh, thanks again for doing this. This was so fun to hear from you. And uh, we, we get often get like really great, stories on the show but the one you shared today is like such a saga <laughs> that could almost be like its own movie uh, <laughs> right truly. yeah yeah yeah. Uh, yeah 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 so thanks so much for being here this was a blast yeah thanks for having me man this was a lot of fun uh absolutely well what do you want to plug on your way out where can people find you yeah i mean uh like i said just uh i'm on all the socials uh just hit me up on there uh instagram tiktok twitter uh, and then, uh, yeah, if you're in LA, um, on mod night at UCB on a sketch team called gotcha, gotcha. So, uh, yeah, look out for that on the UCB schedule. Uh, we're right usually in the middle of the month, like the 14th or 15th, whatever Wednesday, uh, that's going to be. So yeah, be, come on through you're this. Well, i not for the listener, but for us, you're this coming week, aren't you? We're next week. Yeah. Okay, cool. Very exciting. Yeah. So wait, listeners- no, yeah, you're right. You're right. Our show's in a couple of days. You're absolutely yeah. right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah <laughs> a reminder like, for you. That, that's a good reminder. Yeah, I need to start memorizing lines. But yeah, come <laughs> through. Uh, can't say enough about Mod Night. It's uh, yeah, just um, it's a big so old great. party every I Wednesday. I got to see uh, uh, Sean's team, Gotcha Gotcha, the first uh, their first show of the year with the producer of the show, Jeremy's team as well, and it was so good and so funny. I think the most memorable sketch for me that i remember there's so many that were fun but there was the one where you played the like substitute teacher mm-hmm. who, who was uh <laughs> basically was saying that everyone was like everyone in history was muslim right um, that was really funny uh, Thanks, man. and then i love the one too where you're like you're in the death cult or whatever and mm. i can't i don't remember the actor's name but she the whole joke in that oh Cosser, yeah Yes, so she's so good. Uh, Fantastic. That she wants to, I think, like bang her brother, who was you, right? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> just I'm sure the listeners yeah. hearing this, and they they can't buy tickets fast. They're enough. like, yeah. I don't want to see this. Yeah. But <laughs> what, what the hell are you talking about? Um, Sounds awful. No, uh, that that secret Muslim one. Yeah, that was. Uh, uh, it's been gestating in my mind for a while. Uh, yes. It comes from like my dad, like constantly trying to convince us that like different prominent historical figures were secretly Muslim. Yes. So the big one was always like, he'd be like, you know, Shakespeare was actually secretly Muslim. And like, okay, uh-huh. yeah. Well, I mean, what are you, what the hell are you talking about? <laughs> He's like, well, his real name was actually, actually Sheikh Pierre. So, you know, <laughs> over the years it morphed into Shakespeare, but that's how it actually started. Oh my and, gosh. And like, I, it, I couldn't tell if he was like, fully joking or like he actually <laughs> believed yeah. it but i just thought that idea was so funny so that's where the sketch came from where i was like I just playing a character who's like a substitute teacher who's like yeah you know, forget the lesson plan i'm teaching all these white kids that this yes. is the truth about history that different historical figures were actually secretly uh, muslim i should have uh i should have known it was a pitch from you uh <laughs> right, like right, and right. maybe i put that together that it that it had to have been but that's anyway just such a great sketch comedy team so um listener please check them out and then i'll i'll put everything you said in the show notes um but i'll go ahead and close this out with uh some plugs of my own cool. um so the cover art for call me by your game is done by glenn j you can find him and his other great work on instagram at glenn with two n's dot j-a-y the show is produced by jeremy schmidt you should check out his podcast video games a comedy show where you can get anywhere that podcasts are available you can find me on social media at Connor underscore McCabe, uh, where I sometimes uh, stream uh, on video games as well. 
uh, at twitch.tv slash cons is cool 69. And lastly, uh, if you're looking to support the show and you like what you heard today, we have a ton of great bonus content available for you at patreon.com slash super NPC radio. So please give us a, a check out there. We have just countless hours. We've been doing this for over two and a half years. If you subscribe even for a month, like there is, you will, you'll, you'll take, it'll take months to get through our stuff. And like mm-hmm. I said, we've got the co-op episodes, which are a version of this show every month where I sit down with a group of people to talk about a meaningful game. Episode 30 is coming up with God of War Ragnarok. So if you played that game and you want to hear a good deep dive discussion, uh, subscribe to our Patreon. We also have, we did two games club series this year, the Metal Gear Solid and the Donkey Kong series. We've got the Bonk Boys, Super NPCs, a ton of stuff there. Um, and that's at patreon.com slash super NPC radio, but that'll do it for this episode of call me by your game. We will see you on the next one. 